Well, it is Art Weekends, and we are celebrating our God, who is the author of creation, and who has given us gifts and abilities to create as well. If you want these sermon notes, just send an email to info at bridgechurch.cc, and if you're on social media, just hashtag Art Weekend. All righty, so if I can flip the page here. I have some pictures that I want to show you guys about how creative our God is. And uh, the first one that we have is Yosemite Park. Has anyone ever been to Yosemite Park? You guys need to get out of North Carolina just a little bit more here. Uh, <clears throat> I live in California. I didn't get a chance to go there, but I just hear it's beautiful and, and the huge redwoods as well. You can definitely see God's beauty and creation in that picture. The next, next picture we have is a picture of a baby, and uh, nothing more uh, amazing than to see how God creates and knits and forms a baby in a mother's womb, and, and uh, that actually looks kind of like my little girl, Noel, but it's not, uh, all that hair on that baby. Next, we have a puffer fish. You can tell God had a sense of humor when we see some of his creation. This is a puffer fish. Uh, in Taiwan, it's uh, seen inflated at night. The pufferfish are the second most poisonous vertebrae in the world. <clears throat> the fish's natural defense is to inflate rapidly, filling elastic stomachs with water and becoming spherical to seem larger to potential predators. I wish I had this gift when I played football in high school, but I did not. Uh, the next one is a picture of... Uh, a galaxy. Now, think about our solar system and what we can see. That's just part of one galaxy, uh, which is in the Milky Way. And there's an article that I read that just came out this past week, and it was talking about how many galaxies there are in the universe. It turns out that we were wrong. There aren't 200 billion galaxies in the universe. It's more like 2 trillion. 2 trillion galaxies they believe that are out there. So our universe is part of one galaxy and over 2 trillion. Just think about your situation right now and your problem. Do you think God can handle that? I think he probably has it under control if he created over two trillion galaxies. It says, that's the latest from NASA, which announced Thursday the number of galaxies in our observable universe is 10 times higher than previously projected. More than 90% of the galaxies can't be seen even by our most powerful telescopes because they are too faint or too far away. That's pretty amazing. We serve a pretty remarkable God. The last picture I have is a picture of a sunset. And, uh, man, I love looking at sunsets. Uh, the amazing thing is no two sunsets are ever alike. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, when there's a sunset that, you know, that, that's around by our house and, and we look out, it's either, either like my wife or myself or one of my kids you know, sees it first, and then they run in their house and like, guys, come out, check out the sunset. And so we, so we all run out the house, and we just stand there in amazement. 
at God's, at God's beauty. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that you're creative? Do you believe... Oh, I almost fell on that fast shell. Do you believe that you are creative? Now, you say, well, I don't, I don't draw. Uh, I, don't, I don't paint. Uh, I don't write. I don't sing or dance, or at least I don't do that in public. Or play an instrument, so I must not be creative because I can't do any of those things. Well, my wife, Sabrina, she is a uh, uh, photography and graphic arts major, and it's amazing how quickly she can draw something that looks awesome. While I put a simple smiley face together on paper, and it looks like that smiley face got punched in the face. Because I can never, I, the smile is always a little crooked, you know. My son Graydon can come up uh, with amazing creations with Legos. You, you, you just give him a box of Legos, just random Legos. And it's amazing at, at eight years old what he can come up with. Me, on the other hand, if I don't have the directions and all the Lego pieces, I get a little stressed out. I get a little stressed out. Just kind of how my brain is, uh, is wired. I'm not sure about you guys, but just kind of how I operate. And, uh, you know, I really want to convey something here this morning. And I, th I think this is really important. I think this article really summarizes what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> it's written by Stephen Altrog. And it's entitled, Make God Look Great, Create. It says, everyone is creative. Creativity is hardwired into our DNA by God himself. All of us were made to be creative people. Creative juices run hot through our veins. All of us have an irresistible, divinely inspired impulse to create to organize and fashion. When an accountant takes piles of raw data and fashions the data in a meaningful sales report, he is reflecting the image of God. When a woman works the raw soil and causes it to bring forth flowers and vegetables and herbs, she is reflecting the image of God. When an electrician corrals the wild, dangerous electrical currents, he is reflecting the image of God. When a writer assembles letters into sentences and, and sentences into paragraphs and paragraphs into books, she is reflecting the image of God. Every man, woman, and child is creative. When we create, it pleases God because he sees us reflecting his image. He sees us imaging him to the rest of the world. God loves to see his image shine throughout the world. You have creative gifts. You are a gifted musician or mechanic or teacher or a dancer or a woodworker or organizer or a landscaper or a quilter or a preacher. And God wants you to use your gifts for his glory. 
He wants you to use them to benefit those around you and to bring him glory. He wants you to steward your gifts, not waste them. That's kind of a, a creative take on that, isn't it? You know, a lot of us, since we don't do a lot of those things, we feel like we're not creative. Yet, there's so many things that you do throughout the day. There's so many things that you do in your job. There's so many things you do as, as a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad that is creative. So my first point that I want to get across this morning is you reflect God's image. You reflect God's image. Now we're going to turn to uh, Genesis 1, and let me look it up. So Genesis 1, uh, 24 through 31, and if you have your Bibles or your phone app, turn my phone app right now, I should have had this ready to go, but that's okay. Genesis 1, why is my, okay, there we go. See, this is why you don't rely on your phone to do that. Let me see. Can I see that? Hey, that's okay. Thanks. You know, I was one of those guys that never wanted to use like, a, like an iPad because I thought that would happen, but I thought you'd be okay with your iPhone, right? You know? All right, so Genesis 1, 24 through 31. <clears throat> and this is in the N, uh, NLT, right? All right. Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that God, that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky and all, all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your, for, for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made and said it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. Thanks so much, Lord. Notice how when God created the animals, when he, when he created the mountains, when he, when he created everything, he said that it was good. But when God creates man and woman and everything is complete, he said it was very 
good. It was very good. And notice that the only thing that was created in his image was you and I. That's the only thing that's created in his image. When I'm shopping in a store, I often look at products in the store and see where it came from. Do you guys do that? Uh, there are some places you know that, depending on where they're made, the quality isn't the best. And then there's some things where you see, you're like, man, I know that. I'm going to have this the rest of my life because it's good quality. Do you know that we are the only creation that has the stamp on it that says, made in his likeness? Made in his likeness. God didn't have to create you, but God chose to create you. He chose to create you. Even if your life is not turning out how you had planned, your life is really important. Your life is really important. You say, well, you know, my life is just, it's just one big mess. It's one big mess right now. And maybe you're saying, you know, I look all put together right now, but if you saw me a few hours ago and yelling at the kids to get in the car, to go to church, and everything else, you'd say, man, I, I, my life is just, just a mess. Well, do you know that God can make meaning out of your mess? Because that's the kind of God that we serve. No matter what your life looks like right now, there is still purpose, and there's still purpose in the pain, and God can take meaning out of your mess. We reflect the image of God. And notice I did not say that we are God. There's a big difference. Uh, you know, we live kind of in a selfie society. It says that uh, a person in their life now will take over 25,000 selfies in their lifetime. You're like, how is that possible? I was out in public the other day, and I saw a young gal taking a selfie. And you know when you take a selfie, you know you want it to look good. All right? This gal literally was trying to take a selfie for five minutes and probably literally took about 50 pictures in five minutes. So that 25,000 seems a little bit believable now uh, after I see that. But you know what? We make uh, life all about us. We do a lot of times, and, and I'm even guilty of this at times as well. But God is so much more exciting than you and me. I mean, like, my life's pretty boring in, 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 in a lot of ways. <clears throat> you want to know what an exciting night for me is? Getting the kids in bed by 8 o'clock, watching a Redbox movie for a dollar. No, it's $1.60 now, inflation. All right. Eating a bowl of ice cream, wearing my Tony the Tiger or Elmo pajama pants, and yes, I have those, and I'm not ashamed, I'm confident, I'm a confident man, and being in bed by 10.30, that's exciting to me. Sometimes I get a little cray-cray, 
and I'm in bed by 10.15. Isn't it funny how you become like your parents? My parents never would never watch the ball drop because they were always in bed. And I'm like, man, that is so lame. I'm never going to be that guy. I'm that guy. You know, it's, it's funny. When you're young, you try to accumulate all this stuff. And you try to stay up late and you just enjoy life and, and whatever it is. And, and when you get older, you can't get rid of the stuff fast enough. You've accumulated all your life and you can't get to bed soon enough. Isn't it funny how all that works? But we live in this tension where we're so loved and so important to God and we're creating his image, yet at the same time, life is not about us. Next point, if you don't know your creator, you can't know your cause. If you don't know your creator, you can't. It's impossible to know your cause. I want to read uh, just a page here. This is uh, Rick Warren's What on Earth Am I Here For? Great little read. And uh, we have some of these available if you guys want them. And, uh, you know, we're always, we're all looking for purpose. And we're all looking for meaning. And we're all looking at why am I here? And uh, this is what he says. He says, it's, n- it's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. The search for the purpose of life has puzzled people for thousands of years. That's because we typically begin at the wrong starting points, ourselves. We ask self-centered questions like, what do I want to be? What should I do with my life? What are my goals, my ambitions, my dreams for my future? But focusing on ourselves will never reveal our life's purpose. The Bible says it is God who directs the lives of his creatures. Everyone's life is in his power. Contrary to what many popular books and movies and seminars tell you, you won't discover your life's meaning by looking within yourself. You'll probably try that already. You didn't create yourself. So there's no way you can tell yourself what you were created for. If I handed you an invention you had never seen before, you wouldn't know its purpose. And the invention itself wouldn't be able to tell you either. Only the the creator or the owner's manual could reveal its purpose. So Rick Warren is saying, you won't discover your life's meaning by looking within yourself. And, And how many of us try to do that? And how many of us did that for the first half of our life or for the first third of our life? And I, I know that I did. And I, I know I'm, I'm 38 now, but I, I know that it, it took me those first 23 years to, to try to really understand what it was all about. 
And I think sometimes even as believers, we kind of forget about that and we kind of get sucked in, you know, with what the world tells you is, is meaningful and, and what's important. <clears throat> and Rick Warren says, you didn't create yourself, so there is no way you can tell yourself what you were created for. And I just, that's, that's just an excellent point that I really want you guys to get. Next point is you get it when you glorify God. You get it when you glorify God. You know, don't we want to get it, right? In life, we want to get it. We want to get it. We want to, you know, I want to, I want to get being a pastor. I want to, I want to get what it means to be a husband. I, I want to get being a, a, a dad. We just want to get it. Colossians 1.16 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or, or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Isaiah 43.7 says, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. So all things have been created through him and for him, and all things have been made for his glory. You were created to glorify God. And if you are not living a life right now to glorify God, that is why you are frustrated. That is why you continue to ask yourself, why was I even born? That is why you can continue to ask yourself, what is my purpose? What is my meaning? Because we were created to glorify him. And if we're not doing it, it's like we're, we're walking around like we just don't know what we're doing. So how do we bring glory to God? Because I, I, I always want to be practical. I'm like, all right, like you, you say, all right, my, my purpose is to bring glory to God, but how do I do that? How do I do that? There's four words that I came up with, and we could, there's tons that we could talk about. But four words that really stuck out to me, and uh, I tried to put them in an acronym, but it just didn't quite work, so we got UBS this morning. To enjoy, to use, to become, and to share. <clears throat> you bring glory to God when you enjoy God. And when you live a joyful life. You know, it's not just enjoying doing things for God. You know, that, that's good. That's good to do things for God. But it's doing life with God. And, and, and there's a big difference when you, if you're trying to just do things for God or if you're saying, God, let's do this together. And God loves that, man. He loves when you do things with God. Um, I've had some restless nights here this last week and got a lot on my mind. And uh, so I was, uh, you know, been laying in bed in the middle of the night. And, um, you know, usually you have uh, me and somehow in the middle of the night there's two people in the bed, and then in the middle of the night, 
I got usually Declan, Noel, uh, Cash, and then Sabrina. And uh, so, you know, trying to, I'm glad I have a king-size bed. Uh, so I was laying in bed the other nights, and, and I couldn't fall asleep, and it was okay. Uh, you know, I looked at my clock at, you know, 12, and then it was 3, and then it was 5. And <clears throat> but I was taking some of those times to just talk with God, to just talk with God. And, and I really enjoy those times, and um, I was just saying, God, you know, whatever you want to put in my heart, you know, let, just, just talk to me. Just speak to me right now. Uh, the other morning, I was walking around here uh, in this, this shopping plaza. It was a beautiful morning and cool and crisp. And, and I was just going for a little walk. And I was just talking to God. And, and man, it's so important when you uh, are, are talking with God and, and praying that you also just stop and listen. I think so many times we just think that prayer has to be audible, like I'm, you know, I'm just giving all of my requests to God. And, and that's part of prayer, but that's not all the prayer is. And, and so, so maybe, maybe tonight or tomorrow morning, just go on a walk and, and just listen. And you'll be amazed at what God puts on your heart. Do you enjoy life? Are you a joyful person? Um. You know, these last, these last couple of weeks, uh, my wife and I have, have laughed a lot. And, and we've, we've been silly. And, you know, life can be hard. It's, it's, it's hard for you guys. It can be hard for me. Uh, you know, uh, we, have, we have life already, which is difficult. And then, and, then, and then ministry. And then four small kids. And then owning a small business. I mean, life, life can, be, can be pretty overwhelming sometimes for us. And, and, and then sometimes we just need to take a step back and, and just laugh and, and the other night my wife and I it was like it was like 10 30 at night and and we were passing each other in the hallway and somehow I think she asked me she said hey let's play a game and it was the balancing game you know and so you gotta you gotta you gotta keep your feet together and you gotta push your put your hands on the person's hands and you have to like push that person over without trying to to fall over as well and we played that game for like 10 minutes and we were like giggling like a bunch of little kids and in the middle of the hallway. And uh, it was just fun. It was just fun. And I think sometimes we just need to take a step back. We need to breathe. And we need to laugh. Because if you don't do that, man, life will eat you up. Life will eat you up. But when we enjoy God and when we are joyful, we glorify God. We glorify God. The second one there is use. You bring glory to God when you use your gifts and passions. You bring glory to God when you use your gifts and passions. All of you have gifts and passions. And, and if you don't know what they are, we want to help you figure those out. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, go on a website. It's called spiritualgiftsplural.com. And it will take you 10 minutes and, and it will kind of narrow some of what your gifts are, are possibly, possibly are. So you can use them. If you don't know what your gifts are, how can you use them to bless people with them? The third one is become. You bring God glory when you become more like Jesus. And how do you become more like Jesus? When you love people. You know, it's easy to love people who are lovable. But there's some people out there that are a little hard to love. 
we have elections coming up in about three weeks. And many of you need to stay off Facebook. Because you are so passionate about what you believe. I may need to even stay off Facebook in the next three weeks. Because let's just say it's a good thing that I'm a pastor. Because I want to go off on some people right now. It's hard to love those people uh, that, that think different from you, that, um, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm conservative in my views and beliefs. Um, I have a lot of friends that aren't. And so I have to bite my tongue a lot, a lot. But it's important to love people and... and I'm this close to unfriending a couple people. But at the same time, those same people I know are very far from God. And, and I hope that they can just see my post and that I can be an encouragement, that I'm loving, that I can, uh, you know, I, I post scripture on Facebook. I, I post what God's doing in my life. And, and I hope that, that that speaks to them as well. You, you become more like God when you trust, when you trust. And, and I'm not just talking about the everyday thing. I, I think it's important that we trust God with our daily bread. But when it's fourth down and 10 seconds to go, you learn to trust God. Because you're saying, God, if you don't come through, I'm sunk. And my family's sunk. So it's learning to trust God. And it's also learning to surrender to God. Do you desire God's will more than your way? Is a question you have to ask yourself. Do you desire God's will more than your way? And, and, and what did Jesus do? He came, he came to serve and he came to surrender and he trusts and he obeyed and he loved. You know, Jesus humbled himself by becoming a man and then he wrapped a towel around his waist and then he hung on a cross. That's the example that he, that he set us. And last one in the UBS acronym, you bring glory to God when you share with others who God is and what he has done. You become more like God when you share with others who God is and what he has done. Um, Man, when's the last time you led someone to Christ? When's the last time you talked to someone about Jesus? When's the last time you scheduled your week to get together with someone that you know is hurting and needs to hear about the hope and the forgiveness and the purpose that only Jesus can bring? I encourage you here in the next couple weeks, write it down on your calendar to get coffee or lunch with someone that you know is hurting or you know that someone is far from God. Be intentional. Because if, you, if you're not intentional, that's probably not going to happen. So where are you today? Where are you today? Do you feel like you don't have anything to offer? And if you feel that way, I just want to tell you that that's a lie. That's a lie. Do you feel like you're unimportant? 
Do you feel like you don't matter? Because if that's you, I want to also tell you that that's a lie. Do you feel like God somehow made a mistake when he created you? That's a lie. Because God doesn't make junk. God doesn't make junk. Are you trying to find your cause without your creator? And if you are, then you never will find your cause until you surrender to your Savior. And are you living for your glory, or are you living for God's glory? Uh, we were at, a, uh, at the Call to Arms event last night, and it's our, our military ministry, and we have uh, events on a regular basis and to just pour into our military and and uh and their families and they did some games last night that were a lot of fun and um and at the very end they actually were giving out medals for for first place and second place and and third place and and uh, uh so my son was on a team that got second place and i was on the team that got third place awesome you know god 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 humbles you in many ways but uh, but man, he was so excited to get these medals, and then and then uh, Cash wanted a medal, and and he he didn't he didn't get to play because he's too young, and, and so I gave him my medal, and and uh, I woke up this morning, and Cash is there sitting uh, watching cartoons, and he's got he's got two medals around his neck, eating his cup of cereal, watching TV, and he's got the medals around his neck, and 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 man, he's just showing off those medals. You know, I used to live so much for accomplishments and so much for recognition. And, uh, and Graydon was asking me, you know, hey, Dad, when, when's, when's, what was the first medal that you got? And I, and I think I was actually a skiing, uh, snow skiing. It was, I, I, I was a pretty good snow skier as, as a young kid, and, and I think I got one when I was maybe like 9 or 10 years old. And I, and I remember that. I remember that putting on that shelf. And, and you know what, now, like, I don't even know where that thing is. Um, you know, it, it may be in the attic at my parents' house, or it may be uh, sitting on a shelf somewhere at, at a thrift store. All the things that we try to strive for and accomplish, and then at the end of the day, none of that stuff matters. None of it matters. Living for God's glory is so much more exciting and so much more eternal. There's a reason why you were born. And there is a reason why you live in this community. There's a reason why God has brought you here to Eastern North Carolina. There's a reason why you're here this morning inside a building called The Bridge listening to this message. There's a reason. There's a purpose. And I just want to say, let's celebrate our creator and celebrate who we are in Christ. Because he's working continually in you and through you. And he's created you with a divine purpose. Amen. Let's pray.